What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. It's Thursday. I'm Will Brinson. I am your host. This is CBS Sports' daily NFL podcast. We have settled into a full-blown routine. And uh, as we will, uh, you know, now we, every Thursday, Heath Cummings joins us. He's joining us now. Um, reminder, if you like this podcast, you can subscribe, rate, and review. It is greatly appreciated. I've actually gotten away from checking the iTunes reviews, uh, reviews religiously, which is a good thing for my uh, mental health. Um, another good thing for mental health that Heath and I will talk about later, and which, like, Heath, I feel like now – that uh, podcast listener, James Marks, who works at BrewDog, and we'll talk about the beers in a minute, but uh, now James sent us this shipment of beer, and it blew our minds. I feel like now you, you're like, okay, I've been not not compensated for the full year, but I don't feel bad about you coming on every week throughout the season, even if you didn't enjoy it. Oh, yes, absolutely, 100%. Thank you, BrewDog, uh, official Sponsor of the show. That's that's right. Uh, <laughs> as far as our bosses don't know, uh, unfortunately, our boss. Unfortunately, our bosses like and listen to the show. So, uh, but if they want unofficial sponsor of the un- show, unofficial sponsor of the show. I did actually have. Um, so, James, next time you send beer, add Eric K to the uh, to Heath's. <laughs> Ek Ek was like, what What is a podcast guru? Got to do to get uh, to get some beer. Anyway, I, I could maybe bring a couple this this direction. Okay, yeah, you could, you could, if you want to sling some to EK, that's fine. Or I can send some, send some of mine down there too. Um, we'll sling some advice his way instead. How about some Thursday night advice? This is a good Thursday night game. Packers at the Seahawks. Seahawks are minus two and a half. Um, this is a game that will be, I think, enjoyable to play for, uh, standalone DFS purposes, but also it's going to have a, a big impact, I think, in terms of weekly fantasy football because there's a lot of players involved, uh, namely Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. Do you have any qualms about starting either quarterback uh, in, in this contest? This game scares me. Really? It, it really does because, and it, some of it's narrative because Seahawks defense at home. Yeah. And they're not very talented right now, but they've still been pretty decent in that building. And it's still going to be, especially in prime time, it's still going to be a loud crowd. And I, we were talking about this on HQ today. We've crafted this entire narrative that has proven mostly true about Road Ben. Why does nobody ever talk about Road Aaron? <laughs> is Road Aaron really bad? He is under 500 for his career on the road. Half a yard per attempt less on the road. Touchdown percentage is good, but just normal. Not the astronomical over 6% that we see at Lambeau. He's not been the same quarterback on the road throughout his career and, and not this year. Hmm. Hmm. I I I I, I believe 38 and 41 on the road in his career. That's insane. 0 and 4 this year. 0 and 4 this year. 38 and 41 on the road in his career. That is, I mean, mind boggling. He's 63, 15 and one at Lambeau Field. And you look at his game so far this year. I mean, played at New England. Not yeah. a bad defense, but not a great defense. But not a it's not a good defense. Let's be two fifty nine and two. Mm-hmm. He went to play the Rams, which is supposed to be a shootout when everybody plays the Rams, 286 and 1. Last, last week against Miami. Now that was in Lambeau, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was in Lambeau, but he wasn't, I mean, he didn't have a huge game, but they were up big, uh, right. for most of the game. Yeah, so the Rams, he played okay. 60% completion, 286 yards, one touchdown. Um, New England, he had some decent stats. But, um, but for fantasy, not really. Yeah, for fantasy, not great. And it, the other thing too that really stands out, if you look at the games, you actually see that he plays divisional opponents pretty well, I think, right? Like he typically has owned the Bears and owned the Lions, either home or away, pretty good against the Vikings. 
Um, but yeah, that, that's stunning to me. How did you guys stumble into a Aaron Rodgers stinks on the road discussion? I saw the graphic during the Packers Patriots game about his record. Hmm. And I am the farthest thing, furthest thing from a QB wins truther. Sure. I don't believe in QB wins, but I thought, I wonder if there's anything there with his numbers and they, they are worse. Like he's not a bad quarterback on the road, but he hasn't been particularly good. So that being said, I still have Aaron Rodgers ranked as a starter. He's my number seven quarterback this week. I'm just nervous about it. Hmm. And then I am, I have just decided I'm going to be wrong about <laughs> Russell Wilson for as long as this trend continues. I will most all of my rankings are on a numbers-based basis. Yeah. And I am never going to pr- just accept that a quarterback's going to throw a touchdown once every eight throws because no quarterback in the history of the <laughs> NFL has ever done that. Uh, so I, I've got Russell Wilson just outside of my top 12. I would still start him over Trubisky, over Cousins in that game because I think that would be more of a low-scoring game. But I, I don't love Russell Wilson. Okay, so uh, I'll ask you this, and I had this listed later on the rundown, but I think it makes sense to mention it. Actually, you know what? We'll come back to it because I have a whole quarterback thing. I'm not going to veer off the rundown. I'm not going to do it, Heath. I want to stay you're true. So, you're such a disciplined man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I just ate like, a, <laughs> ate like half a bag of peanut, peanut butter M&Ms because they were just laying <laughs> around. Um, who would you go with uh, at running back in, in, the, in this game? I mean, I think Aaron Jones is an obvious start after his breakout, even against Seattle's defense, right? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, what about for Seattle? Because uh, Rashad Penny had a great game. Some poor. Did you see the guy on Twitter who uh, who tweeted? Did you see that the kid who tweeted before the game? Like he, I think he writes for Hawk Blogger sometimes, but he's like uh, the tattoo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a mistake. You, you bad times. Yeah, bad times. He said he would get a picture of Rashad Penny's face tattooed on his chest with his, and he would use uh, his nipples for Rashad Penny's eyes. And then, like, of course, it, people started tweeting it. It goes sort of viral, and Rashad Penny crosses a hundred yards, uh, and and he, he's now he's going to get a fake tattoo. I don't know if that counts as owning up to it, but I do think that Rashad Penny is a nice scoop up, or he's probably off your waiver wire at this point. Um, I wouldn't be surprised though if he didn't have a good game if Chris Carson plays, right? Yeah, I, he, Carson got a full practice in today. So and to, and, and that, that we're recording this on Wednesday, so that means if he if he practices in full on Wednesday, that means he's probably playing. On yes. on Thursday, right. I, I currently have Carson ranked as the best Seahawks running back in non-PPR. In PPR, I think it might actually be Mike Davis. Because mm. the thing about that is, they've talked about it, Penny hasn't quite figured out all the playbook. Right. And has is not very good at picking up blitzes. So Davis has been the passing downs back now for three or four weeks. And so I Penny's third in both for me. He is must-own. I do think there's a chance, especially if Seattle's eliminated from playoff contention, that we see more from Penny. Mm. But in this particular game, and now, listen, it's Pete Carroll. Rashad Penny could come out and get 20 carries in this game, <laughs> and Chris Carson could just stand there and hold his helmet. Pete, Cor- Pete Carroll is like, like I mean, Bill Belichick is, is is the stereotype, and Mike Shanahan's the OG of this, but the stereotype for being a disruptive fantasy running back guy. Pete Carroll is sort of a pain in the ass, maybe a bigger pain in the ass than Belichick in recent years. Well, the difference is Belichick frowns when he does it to you. Pete smiles and smiles and lies to your face and then yes. stabs you in the back. Yeah, yeah. Pete would be a much better used car salesman. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, uh, wide receiver wise, Devontae Adams is a start. Obviously, what are you doing with uh, Doug Baldwin and Tyler Lockett, Marquez Valdez Scantling? I may have pronounced that wrong. And uh, Jimmy Graham, revenge game for Jimmy Graham. 
Yeah, I just uh, I just say MVS, so I don't have to worry about the pronunciation. I actually like him quite a bit as a start this week. Ooh. I do think with Randall Cobb already ruled out, we saw last week his targets went back up with Cobb out. He is the clear number two wide receiver in this offense. And so you should expect somewhere in the seven to eight target range, and that probably means five catches, 60 or 70 yards, and hopefully a touchdown. I'm starting Lockett as well. As long as Russell Wilson's volume is what it currently is, I think Lockett's really the only Seahawks receiver you can trust. Mm. Because Baldwin's the volume guy. Yeah. There's not enough volume for anyone to be a volume guy. So the only way you can be good is to be the big play guy, and that's clearly Tyler Lockett. And this is definitely a game where the Seahawks want to pound the ball and keep Aaron Rodgers off the, you know what I mean? Like, you want right. to, you want to try and get Aaron Rodgers off the field. All right, I'm going to ask you a, oh, go ahead, go ahead. And I don't think there's much chance that Green Bay stops the run. No, I don't think so either. I mean, Seattle's offense is, is, I mean, it's not clicking, but like their losses aren't that bad. They lost to the Chargers in a close game, the Rams in two close games, um, the Bears by seven points in a game that was maybe closer than it looked, but not really that close. And then the, the Broncos by three points. Like this, the Seahawks thing is working. They just had a really rough schedule. And I, you know, I mean, like they could, that's the other reason I really like Rashad Penny as a must own. And I agree with you is that down the stretch, they get San Francisco twice. Um, and some other choice games, I believe. But they have a very good, very friendly schedule uh, down the stretch. All right, I have a real life uh, lineup question for you. And in fact, uh, this can this can uh, this can segue into our quarterback discussion. But so let's say you have Emmanuel Sanders and Michael Thomas at wide receiver, so must start guys, and uh, and then Larry Fitzgerald, Allen Robinson, and Marquez Valdez Scantling. Which uh, which guy are you using as a flex option? I feel safer with Larry. I think his targets should be there, although I'm a little concerned that Arizona just runs it 40 times because the Raiders are terrible. Sure. Um, Valdez Scantling has the most upside, I think. I'm a little worried about Allen Robinson just because it was kind of a one-week flash. Yep. And he's going to see a lot of Xavier Rhodes. Okay. Um, and this is a team with David Johnson. So it's like if Larry Fitzgerald sees three targets because the Cardinals run the ball the whole time, it, it I'll, like, I'll live with that. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, that means David Johnson went off for like 40 or 50 points. Um, the other part of this question, and this is the quarterback thing, so I actually have Russell Wilson on this roster. And this is, by the way, for those wondering, I don't just have Heath on here to answer like my personal fantasy question. You don't? Yeah, I mean, sort of. I mean, like, I try to, I try to find real life examples though, you know? Like, I feel like that's always better yes. than like Azer who makes up fake examples on fantasy football today. Um, I'm just kidding. Uh, but so Russell Wilson is my quarterback. Rashad Penny, Trey Burton, Nick Chubb, Allen Robinson, and uh, MVS on the bench. Is it worth dropping one of those guys for Dak Prescott or Marcus Mariota? No. I like Prescott Mariota fine. The thing is, and it's been this way for a while now, there are like 18 to 19 quarterbacks that sure. you're pretty much fine starting. And so I do have Wilson ranked ahead of Prescott and Mariota. There's only one streamer I have ranked ahead of Wilson, and I know he's on the rundown to talk about later. And it's not a comfortable feeling, but, uh, <laughs> yes, I, I would start Wilson over both Dak and Marietta. Uh, I would like to point out too, while we're talking about quarterbacks that, um, we, you and I were both high on Mahomes. I don't think, I mean, not, not any, maybe more high than, than anybody else, but we were, um, we were extremely high on Matt Ryan this year. And, uh, and he's the number two quarter, or, or at least we're like, he's, you and I, you and I subscribe to the philosophy of get your quarterbacks cheap. Right. And if you look at, and this, just reiterating this as we get deeper in the season. If you look at the top quarterbacks right now through 10 weeks, it's Patrick Mahomes cheap. 
Matt Ryan, cheap. Jared Goff, dirt cheap. He probably went undrafted in a lot of leagues for some ridiculous reason. Uh, ben Roethlisberger was cheap this year. Drew Brees was even cheap. Mitchell Trubisky, Andrew Luck, Cam Newton, Philip Rivers. None of those guys were drafted in the first three rounds, and it is like this every stinking year. You know, don't overpay for Deshaun Watson. Don't overpay for Carson Wentz. And Watson's been pretty good. Don't overpay for Aaron Rodgers. Look at all that value late. You could even, Heath, have just waited until the last round and taken Eli Manning, somebody that you recommend streaming for the last three weeks in a row. Uh, two of the last three weeks, okay. to be fair. And it was both <laughs> the weeks that he was good. And this week he gets the dream matchup. It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is my favorite random nugget. I wouldn't call it a step, but random nugget. If you read the streamers article, you probably already know this, but I'm going to guess most people listening didn't. Manning plays the Tampa Bay Buccaneers team that has given up at least 24 points to every quarterback they faced except for two. Hmm. My second favorite streamer, Deck, faces a Falcons team that has given up at least 21 points to every quarterback they've played but two. And those two... It's the same the two same. quarterbacks for both teams. And they are... It's Alex Smith and... Nick Foles. Which, you know, Nick Foles, not good. <laughs> and Alex Smith... Oh, we were wrong. We came to it when we were... We were wrong on Alex Smith as a, as a fantasy viable option. 100%. Yeah. The volume, the volume his, his deep passing skill set disappeared. It appeared at the age of like 33 and then it just vanished. It's like, uh, who's a good baseball example of somebody who just added a skill set in the middle of their, like, late in their career for one year? I can't even think of anybody. It's wild. Well, they're all, they're all steroids guys. Right. That's true. That's true. Maybe Alex, uh, you know, I'm not going to suggest that. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. But the other fun part about that is Eli Manning, has already played one of those teams, the Atlanta Falcons, and scored exactly the threshold we were talking about, 21 points. Ah. So I can only assume he's going to score 24 against Tampa Bay. That's the way that works, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. All right, so I, I, I'm with you. Look, you you don't go wrong by starting a defense against the Bills or the Raiders, and you don't go wrong by starting a quarterback against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're horrific on defense. Don't worry. And, and, they're, and I think Eli Manning, especially in DFS too, because A, he's Eli and nobody wants to buy into him, but B, because the Buccaneers are sort of limited Alex Smith to a degree in the Redskins. Like they didn't you know, they didn't put up a ton of points, so they're not fresh in everybody's mind as a team that, that just, uh, that just hammered or gets hammered. Um, I did want to ask you one thing real quick about yeah. that. You're talking about Patrick Mahomes and how high we are, we're on him and how awesome he's been. He's the number one quarterback. I'm not sure that he gets to stay the number one quarterback after the report that came out today. What? Oh, oh, yeah, that he puts ketchup on steak. He puts ketchup on What the hell, man? <laughs> I haven't read that. I've got that Seth Wickersham article saved in pocket to read later. Seth Wickersham's an auto-retweet, auto-read for me. He's excellent, and I'm sure it's a great – I don't know if you've read it or not. He, oh, I've read it. It's fantastic. Yeah, Mahomes is your guy, too, so, like, it makes total sense that you would um, – you know, as a Kansas City Chiefs fan, you would have read it. But the, the ketchup, my wife puts ketchup on steak. It is uh, – it's embarrassing to go out, like – you're like, look, honey, you can't do it here. We're out of the restaurant. Well, apparently, he is too embarrassed to do it in Kansas City. He should be. He should and be. It's humiliating. One of the stories in that piece is that he, his mom came to town and went out to dinner with him, and they went and got steak, and he was eating his steak, and she felt bad for him because she knew that he wanted ketchup, and so she ordered ketchup, and he was super embarrassed. That makes me think that he's not an adult. Well, he's kind of not. I guess he's not. I mean, well, I wasn't an adult at his age. Yeah, I, I, I'm not an adult now. I don't. <laughs> Barely an adult now. Um, all right, so so I had this mention with Dak and, and Mariota on there. So you think they are QB1 options moving forward, but you would not drop uh, Russell Wilson or Kirk Cousins or uh, Mitchell Trubisky, I mean, just for the long haul. Because I think, like, if you're – 
It depends on your situation, obviously. If you're four and five and you need to win this week and you have Mitchell Trubisky and he's been great, I think you do need to go get Dak Prescott and start him because I don't trust Mitchell Trubisky against the Vikings defense. Um, but you know, you're not, you know, you're not obviously not dropping Jared Goff who's been a monster or, um, you know, it, like you're not dropping anybody for, for Prescott and uh, the whole, I've written this streamers piece every year since I've been here. And the hardest thing about it with quarterbacks this year is you can say somebody's a good streamer and a good start this week. And then people look at your rankings. They say, you've got him ranked 16th. Why? Right. It's because there's 19 good starting quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I'd be perfectly comfortable starting Ryan Fitzpatrick this week. Yep. I mean, Andy, uh, Andy Dalton, I wouldn't want to start, but I mean, uh, Blake Bortles, I wouldn't want to start. Prescott has a great matchup. Uh, Matthew Stafford is an okay matchup, but yeah, I mean, Eli is right there. Uh, you know, Derek Carr doesn't have a terrible matchup. Baker Mayfield's been pretty good. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a ton of guys that you can throw out there and just hope they have a big game and, and you're not looking for a 40 point bomb, right? You're just looking for somebody to get you to a certain threshold. Uh, you mentioned Tom Brady as a guy in your believe it or not article. Are you worried about Tom Brady moving forward? I am not dropping Tom Brady on his buy. So I wouldn't want to say go that far. But the fact that I preface it with that tells you yeah, that, I'm sure does. that I'm worried about Tom Brady. He's not quite been the same guy. He's in the yards per attempt drops in the touchdown rate drop. I think part of it's Gronk. Part of it's having Sony Michelle, and part of it is he's just missing throws. I mean, if you watched their last game, it, it didn't look like the same Tom Brady. And we had this same thing about three weeks into the season. He didn't look like the same guy. And a few of us questioned him, and then he had a great three-week stretch, and everybody laughed, and that was fun. And then he's been bad ever since. Did He you... is the number 16 quarterback in fantasy this year on a per-game basis. Wow. And he has, I believe, three weeks all year where he's been top 10. Yeah, I was just looking at his game logs in a, you know, standard, pretty standard league, a uh, four point passing league. He has one game above 25. I mean, that's not, like, that's just, you're just playing with Eli Manning, like a really expensive Eli Manning at that point, cause, or a really expensive Dak Prescott or Marcus Mariota, somebody that can get you to the, you know, to the, the threshold of 10 or 15 points or 15 or 20 points. I mean, if you paid the premium for Tom Brady, you want, you're looking for 35 or 40 points every now and yep. then, right? Um, it's been, and it's, it's been only a little better with Rogers, but. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, I don't know if you saw this on Pro Football Talk, but Michael David Smith wrote this, and I, 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 knowing MDS, um, he was trying to make a point and making sure that he didn't get, uh, I mean, like he doesn't, I don't think he cares about getting, you know, old takes exposed or whatever, but he's like, his, his headline was passing stats are up around the NFL, but Tom Brady's are down. And like yep. a, a, you know, a more aggressive headline would have been, Tom Brady is washed up, or, you know, something like that, but Brady is, uh, down, he's right at the average in completion percentage. He's, uh, below the average in touchdown passes per game. He's, uh, barely below the average in interceptions per game, even though he's way below it last year. His passer rating is average. I mean, maybe, if I own Tom Brady, and you talked about this earlier in the year, if I own Tom Brady in fantasy, I'm going out and getting a Dak Prescott or a Marcus Merida, somebody with good matchups down the stretch, and keeping them on my bench. You're starting them anyway this week because Tom Brady's a bye. But you want to have some insurance in case you can't start Brady. I mean, you have to be willing in the fantasy playoffs to make hard decisions. And sometimes those hard decisions are not starting Tom Brady. Absolutely. I think the, the true test is next week against the Jets. Mm. If, if he doesn't look good against the Jets, and maybe more importantly, if he doesn't get Gronk back, yeah. then I think you have to have like a serious heart-to-heart with Tom Brady about putting him on your fantasy bench. <laughs> it's not going to go well. By the way, this is the stretch of time last year when he really went off a cliff. Like he, his shoulder, he started to get sort of banged up. He didn't play very well. I think Heath, we would, we could see if Sony Michelle is healthy after the bye, 
that they force feed Sony Michelle down the stretch in order to keep the, the weight off of Brady. Speaking of which, on fantasy football today, or no, excuse me. Yeah, fa- yeah, yeah, fantasy football today. Uh, you and Adam Azer and I haven't listened yet, but I know the argument. Um, it was it Dave or Jamie? Jamie. You and Adam and Jamie, and people can subscribe to Fantasy Football Today. They should do that on iTunes. It's the best fantasy football podcast out there. Heath comes uh, to us courtesy of FFT. There was an argument about Nick Chubb versus Sony Michelle, and I can't believe it was an argument. Yeah, I don't really understand how anybody could look at Nick Chubb and see anything other than star. Yeah. He has been absolutely amazing. He's a league, was, he's a league winner. That's what he is. He's a league winner. Absolutely. And I and I was looking at it and we were trying to compare the two. And Sony Michelle only has like 15, 20 more carries than Chubb so far this year. Chubb has like 150 more yards and he scored more touchdowns. Yeah. He has I mean, so since he took over as the feature back and before he took over the feature back, he had one game where he had three carries for it had a thirty point game, which is, just tells you all, everything you need to know about Oakland and, and his explosive ability. But he's got eighteen, eighteen, twenty two, and twenty in terms of carries, fourteen, seven point five, fifteen, and thirty nine point nine. And Jamie Eisenberg wrote something after that Pittsburgh game, and I thought that was very like spot on. He just said, "Look, he didn't have a great game." But if that's the floor, I'll take it. You know, if he's yep. going to get me eight points or, you know, ten points in PPR or whatever it is, I'll take it. And, and, and I'm perfectly fine with that. And when you look at these matchups, um, down the stretch, the, 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 the Browns get the Bengals twice. The Bengals are giving up a league high in yards per carry. Um, they get the, the Texans who actually have a good run defense. They get the, the Panthers who have been hit or miss and Denver secretly not that great. I mean, th- this is the definition of a league winner, Heath. What 100%. And I want to give some credit because I always like to give the listeners other people outside of the CBS world too that they can get good information from. Oh and yeah. I know Matt, who you're going to say. Matt Waldman, which I have subscribed to his rookie scouting profile for, for as long as I can remember. He, he's fantastic at evaluating prospects and before the year, he said Nick Chubb got the highest grade he's ever given a running back. Yep. And he was high on Mahomes as well. Very extremely yes. high on Mahomes. If you're in a dynasty league and you don't get the RSP, you've lost your mind because it will, it, it now it doesn't, it's not, it's not a, uh, it's not a modern piece of reading. You're not going to get a, a, here's my top 10 rookies list with like, you got to want to read it. Yeah. It's a thick, he's, I mean, look, he's known as the professor and he, he takes deep dives, but it will enlighten you. It will make you smarter as a football fan and it will help you win leagues. And I, while we're patting people on the back, let's go ahead and hurt our arms, Heath. I mean, we're on this podcast telling people to pick up Nick Chubb, to go ahead and get Nick Chubb on your roster just in case something happened to Carlos Hyde or in case he got traded. And if you listened, congratulations, you got him. If you want to league with me, I'm sorry, you don't have him because I have him in like nine leagues and I'm hoping to, <laughs> hoping to win them all. Um, other running back news. Would you rather have, we mentioned Rashad Penny. Would you rather have Josh Adams or Rashad Penny the rest of the season? I'll take Josh Adams just because I think there is a clearer path to becoming a workhorse. Doug Peterson loves to split carries up. But I don't know that he loves it as much when his team's under 500. Mm, he really, good. really enjoyed it when they won the Super Bowl. <laughs> that's right. But now he's like, maybe we should give Josh Adams some more work. They got to find something, right? Uh, what about the Titans? How are we, how would you handle um, – I to me, Deion Lewis, if you could make one last stab at buying low on him, I think this would be a good week to do it, but you only have like 24 hours. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I think Deion Lewis is the man. And on the, on the flip side, if I can sell high based on Derrick Henry's touchdowns the last couple of weeks, I would do it. Yeah. He's only getting short goal line carries. They're going to use him there. I mean, but that's, that's no surprise. Like Deion Lewis dealt with that with LeGarrette Blunt two years ago in, um, 
in New England. I mean, it's just just life, and Derrick Henry's not going anywhere. Uh, is it too late to buy David Johnson at this point? Probably. I I don't know. Maybe not. Like, can I sell Leonard Fournette and a number three wide receiver for him? I I, I wouldn't take that, but I could see somebody. I could see somebody doing that. Sure. I mean, David Johnson has hurt people. Like, he, like, like people are pained. Right. I, I, I mean, I am too. Like, I took him over Saquon Barkley in the, in this main league I got, and I, I mean, it's fine. I mean, you just kind of ride it out. The, but I think if you can go get him, if you can get him in a trade, and somebody thinks you're selling high on him, do it because to me, the usage that we've seen the last two games under Byron Leftwich uh, are is very it, enticing. His schedule is phenomenal. He's one of the few backs I would take over Nick Chubb. Wow. Yeah. If you look at his schedule, he obviously gets the Raiders this week. Man, and he closes with the Lions, Falcons, the Rams. and Rams. Ooh, that is a good playoff schedule. If you, he hadn't been that bad for fantasy purposes. He really hadn't. Like he hadn't been the the monster you wanted. But you know what I mean. Like he hadn't. Um, um, yeah, he is currently the number ten running back in non PPR and PPR. Is he going to finish his RB two behind Doug Early? He is, isn't he? Oh, I, I think he's gonna finish top five. That's gonna be, that's gonna be hilarious when he finishes top five. And people win, it, if you, if you're able to, if you're able to function without him, you can win a league with him. Uh, alright. Wide receiver questions. Would you sell Mike Evans or are you holding Mike Evans? Uh, what can I get for him? If somebody still thinks he's a number one wide receiver, I'd sell him. I'm not sure anybody does. I tried to, in that league, um, in, in our fantasy football day league where Nick, Nick Costas traded Philip Lindsay and Brandon <laughs> Cooks for Saquon Barkley to a team that's three and seven. Yeah. Uh, I offered the team that traded him Saquon Barkley. I sent him, I tried to send him Mike Evans and, um, uh, oh, I think it was like was it Mike, Mike Evans and a running back for Michael Thomas. And he, he, he wasn't, he wasn't feeling it. Yeah. He, he traded Michael Thomas, I, I believe today. Yes. What an a-hole to who? Uh, I believe to your good friend, Pete Prisco. You gotta be kidding me. Like I, did we, did everyone in that league just start sending him offers? Because I sent him two offers today. I sent him, I was, I was going back and forth all <laughs> night with him on offers. Did he really trade him? I, I was told by Jamie that he traded, uh, Thomas for McCaffrey in a package deal. That's not a terrible trade, I guess. No, I guess it was, I think it was Thomas and, and somebody else for McCaffrey and Emmanuel Sanders. Okay, I mean that's that's fine, I guess. I'm annoyed that he I mean, he was asking me for like Sony Michelle, Nick Chubb, and uh and and Tyreek Hill for for Michael. Yeah, Thomas. I was just making bad offers. Yeah, I was too. I was trying to catch him while he was just <laughs> selling off. Good. Well, that 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 league has now been spoiled. But as you know, if we don't we're not we're not team veto here. But that team is a, it's annoying. Um. Okay, let's get to uh, beer talk very quickly. We have some good beers. The folks, fine folks at Brewdog. Uh, made it, originally made in Scotland, sent us, James Marks, who listens to this podcast and works for Brewdog, sent us a big package of beer. And just to be clear, we are wide open. If you want to see, if you like, if you listen to this podcast and you're like, man, I work for a brewery, I'd like to send them some beer, we'll take it and we'll drink it and we'll talk about it on the podcast. It does help if it's very good beer. And Heath, I gotta tell you, the Brewdog beer was very good. It was fantastic. And not just that, we'll sell it for you. I was tweeting about the beer last night and had people in my mentions saying, I saw that at the store. I wasn't sure. I'm going to go buy it now. Yep. So we will absolutely, we're basically, I told Chris Towers this and he rolled his eyes. Did you say I we're, think we're, we're kind of like Instagram models <laughs> or beer Twitter. I thought you could say we're beer whores, but Instagram, Instagram, we are Instagram models. We're influencers, Heath, beer, beer fluencers. <laughs> um, uh, I had, I had the hazy Jane uh-huh. last night. Uh, just a phenomenal, phenomenal hazy New England IPA. 
Yep. And then I also had one of the Chaco Libres. I had a Chaco Libre last night too. And okay, so first of all, Chaco Libre is a imperial uh Mexican stout that is uh, a nitro beer. And so when you open it up, it pops. Like there's like a ton of air in there, right? Like because of because of the nitro. And so when pour you pour hard. Yeah, and you got to pour it hard and once it settles, you get that thick like Guinness foam um which is which is extremely delightful uh, of course. And uh I gotta tell you, it's got some legit spice to it that is just, like, it's just outstanding. It's like a, it's like a Mexican hot chocolate with like a little bit of heat on the back end, but it's got, a, it's like an 8.5 percenter. So you're getting a nice little buzz on the front end and great flavors, not overwhelming for a stout. I, I was, I was really impressed. I, I have, I've rated it on, uh, untapped, uh, about 570 beers. Wow. I've, I've only given 30 of them five stars and I gave that beer five stars. Wow. That's really impressive. Um, I thought it was outstanding. I, I have not had a hazy Jane yet from this batch. I have, I have had hazy Jane before. Um, and now I'm trying to find the name of the other one that I had. Uh, cause I, I drank it and it was downstairs and I didn't write it down. What was the, do you remember the name of the experimental hop? Oh, Sonic Boom. Sonic Boom is the name of their experimental hop IPA. Really good. Very fresh. Had sort of a, um, uh, you know, like when you get like one of the, the wet hop beers, it, yes. a little bit, a little bit like that, but not too wet hoppy. I, I, the thing that impresses me about Brewdog is that a lot of times, like they're from Ohio, right? And a lot of times when you have a, a brewery in a certain location that tries to do a certain beer from another part of the country, it can often feel a little forced. And what you've seen from what I've seen from Brewdog, at least, and I don't know about you, but like they can do the West Coast, they can do the New England. They can do the Imperial Stouts. They can do it all. And that's, that's always impressive to me when somebody has the versatility like that to make different kinds of beers, but not have the quality drop off. Absolutely. And I didn't realize this until last night, but as I was, I was online looking at their brewery, they have a brewery hotel mm-hmm. we got, with taps in the room. <laughs> I, know, yeah, I got, I got, I got, my little, my little chat, my little uh, email chat thing goes off at like, Eight, eight, like 8 p.m. last night, he's like, "Hey, <laughs> we got to go do a podcast show at Brewdog's Hotel." I was like, "You're right, we do need to do that." So what we should do is maybe we should even find like a. I mean, it's probably too late to do it this like it like for a Browns Bengals game this year or anything like that. But we definitely need to find a Browns game, maybe you know, and, and go up there and we do a uh, we do a we do a we do a live show, a live beer related show from the brewery hotel, and people can people can come and pour their own taps in their own hotel rooms. What do you think? That is the greatest idea that I've ever heard my entire life. We would, we would of course need for those listening, uh, bosses to come with us and to yes. drink the beer and of course a producer perhaps to come with us as well. Uh, 100%. okay. We'll get out of here on this playoff strategy. Um, and you can mention, uh, you've got any DFS guys you love this week, throw it in too. Uh, but do you have, is, do you have a certain strategy when you're going forward with the playoffs? Cause we're now heading into week 11, uh, you know, 12, 11, 12, 13, maybe your playoffs start in 13, but probably 14, 15, 16. At what point do you start considering schedules? Um, if you're six and three, or let's say you're six and four right now and you're going, or seven and three. Are you? Yeah, I've got to be seven and three or eight and two to even be worrying about it right now. Okay. Um, I think a lot of times that gets a little bit overrated earlier in the year because of injuries and things that happen and we don't really know. Like a month ago, we probably would have thought the Rams were a good defense. Mm, that's a good point. And they stink. So, <laughs> so, like things like that worry me just a little bit, but defenses, I do think, especially if you can find one, that has a good matchup for like the first two weeks of the playoffs. Cause the other thing that people forget, they worry about, 
well, this this team plays in week 16. They have a really good matchup. If you get to week 16, there's only one other guy that's competing with you on the wa- waiver wire. It's not going to be that hard to get him. That's true. Um, yeah, like I was 8 out of 12 on a waiver wire last night. And I was like, man, I'm, I was like, there's no chance for Sean Penny's falling to me. And then I looked at the people ahead of me and like the seven people ahead of me are not entirely, like they're active, but they're not diving into the waiver wire because their team's three and seven or, you know what I mean? Like half of the league is sort of like, well, yeah, there's, you know, there's five guys, there's, there's basically five guys who are chasing a, uh, you know, chasing a ring and, and people start to check out. So that's another reason why you can, you can kind of hold off. Uh, I do, do you think it's wise to get, um, uh, handcuffs at this point? I do think it's better to hold on to a handcuff than it is a mediocre player like Frank Gore on your bench. So you would rather have Malcolm Brown than Frank Gore? Yes. Okay. Uh, what about Spencer Ware than Frank Gore? If 100%. You, if you have Kareem Hunt. Okay. Um, is there anybody, any other obvious handcuffs that come to mind? Um, Austin Eckler's already owned. Duke Johnson's I, I think one that owned. people are sleeping on a little bit is Jalen Samuels. Yes. NC State guy. Yes. Love and Samuels. It, it, they, they'll split that job a little bit if Connor goes down. Uh, Ridley will take a lot of the running work, but I, Samuel's really good in the past. He used to be a tight end, right? Uh, well, he was listed as a, he's, he's a running back. He's like a, he was listed as a tight end for all ACC purposes because they couldn't figure out what his position was. Cause he, would, okay. he lines up all over the place, but he, he can carry it like a traditional running back. If you are in a Yahoo league, first off, you should come play on CBS, but if you're in a Yahoo league, he is tight end eligible on wow. Yahoo. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and you know how bad tight end is. Yeah. I mean, you go, you go add him and stash him. I'm going to text my dad right now and tell him to go stash Samuel. Cause if, if Connor goes down, even if you have two good starting running backs, you can plug Samuel in at tight end. And if you've been streaming crap tight ends all year long, all of a sudden you just solved your problem. Yep. That's a pretty good one. All right. Uh, any DFS guys, uh, that, that pop out to you this week? I mean, we talked about Eli already. Um, I, I really wonder about the Cowboys, just all of them. Mm. And maybe, like Amari Cooper for sure, but maybe even Michael Gallup. Ooh. Like just trying to go under the radar here. Sure. Do you think Michael Gallup is a sustainable fantasy option the rest of the year? No. You just like the Cowboys against a bad Falcons defense. Exactly. Um, okay. Good stuff. Heath Cummings, as always, a pleasure, my man. Uh, we will, uh, we will, we'll set up this, uh, this beer tour soon and, uh, we'll talk to you next week, buddy. See ya.